greater than the despotism of faction is not less to be dreaded than the despotism of an individual. Greater than Alexis de Tocqueville, Democracy in America. Pundits and polls proclaim the U.S. is increasingly becoming a politically polarized society. Polarization leads to more significant civil unrest, dissatisfaction with government, a decline in national pride, and civility. The root causes for this polarization are a wide gambit, from social media to poor civic education to changing demographics or cultural shifts and racial strife. However, whatever you think of social media or believe about the U.S. education system, cultural shifts, or even demographic changes, these are not the root cause of polarization. Instead, they are the symptomatic indicators of a dramatic realignment of the civic and civil beliefs of American democracy. So who are the beneficiaries of societal polarization? Political parties, specifically the Republican and Democrat parties. In 2020 more than $14 billion was spent on elections of Congress, Senate, and the presidential candidates. $14 billion is more than 15 states spent in their state budgets in 2020. The amount is only the reported donations and does not include so-called dark money or gratuitous in-kind contributions or pocketed untraceable and unreported cash. It also doesn't include state, city, county, and other local elections across the United States. With redistricting the result of the census on the line, the two political parties spent tens of millions of dollars influencing voters in different elections. All to what end? Government of the people, by the people, for the people, as Lincoln expressed at Gettysburg, is now the government of the party, by the party, and for the party. The definition of monopoly is a company, group, or individual having exclusive control over an activity. The Republican and Democrat parties are unregulated monopolies. Congress makes laws that apply to every individual and organization except Congress. The institutions regulating political parties like the Federal Election Commission are neither impartial nor independent. The body that determines the district you vote in is the majority party at the time with little or no interest in competitive elections. Political parties are sophisticated street gangs, imposing their will on the locals through bribery, intimidation, and fraud. Reapportionment is an exercise in political gang warfare where each side lays claim and marks territory. Both parties decry the redistricting process but know that if they wait long enough, the tides of political fortunes turn in their favor, the minority party becomes the majority, then they get to carve out exclusive feudal territories and assume the position of elected noble or baron. In his farewell address, George Washington framed the worst impulses of political parties in this way it serves always to distract the public councils and enfeeble the public administration. It agitates the community with ill-founded jealousies and false alarms, kindles the animosity of one part against another, foments occasionally riot and insurrection. It opens the door to foreign influence and corruption, which finds a facilitated access to the government itself through the channels of party passions. Thus the policy and the will of one country are subjected to the policy and will of another. Earlier in his speech, Washington warns against the tendency towards behaving as despots of political parties. Yet, is this not the condition we find American democracy in today? Alexis de Tocqueville's insight into the nature and character of political parties mirrors that of Washington. Great parties are those that dedicate themselves more to principles than to consequences. Political parties need a vision for leadership more than the ideology associated with political cult worship. Such parties generally have nobler features, more generous passions, more genuine convictions, and a franker, bolder manner than others. Contrast great parties to minor parties. Minor parties are generally without political faith. Because they do not feel ennobled and sustained by any great purpose, their character bears the stamp of self-interest, which clearly manifests itself in every action they undertake. They always become hotly passionate for coldly calculated reasons, 
their language is violent, but their course is timid and uncertain. Their tactics are squalid, as is the goal they set for themselves. Is there is a more accurate picture of modern 21st century political parties? So, what can be done? First, remove the source of political party power, money. We must demand greater accountability in how political parties fund campaigns and spend donations. It's time to hold corporations responsible for the behavior of the politicians they support. Refuse to buy from, invest in, or support corporations donating to candidates that misrepresent and defraud the American public through incivility and intentional misrepresentation of facts. Defunding the political parties should be the next great national movement. Next, break up the monopolies Republicans and Democrats hold on the electoral politics. While the court system may be the worst antidote to the anti-democratic activities of political parties, the courts may hold the only viable solution to breaking the stranglehold political parties have on candidates and elections. Bypassing the entrenched elite political class is the only way to create honest and fair elections. An overhaul of how districts are reapportioned is the greatest threat to political parties but is the only way to restore democratic elections in the United States. We can't have independent and fair elections when districts are so blatantly aligned to represent politicians, not the body politic. In the age of technology, there is no reason not to have independent organizations use the best demographic algorithms possible to draw inclusive voting districts. Along with redistricting, ranked choice voting may offer the best solution to encouraging people to contribute as candidates and seek elective office. Finally, there is a reason why revolutions begin at the base and not at the top. The most entitled occupy the top and have the least to gain from any upward mobility from the bottom. The Republican and Democrat parties are no different. The electorate's gain is at the demise of the monopoly from which both parties have no desire to let go. Thus when a political party or politician begins to talk about election reform, you can believe it is no different than a business promoting corporate tax reform. There is nothing altruistic or otherwise unblatant about self-interest and self-promotion. Election reform is code for we are losing our grip on power and have to change the rules to prolong it. Do not fall prey to the idea that election reform will enhance democracy in the United States. Political parties cannot be trusted to regulate themselves. Democracy is too precious to be a commodity regulated by the Republicans or Democrats. Let's defund political parties. Let's defund political parties.